You may not think it's embarrassing, but what do other people think? This is the Worship Team Training Podcast. Now, here's your host, Brandon Dempsey. Hey, podcast, what's up? Brandon Dempsey here. Thank you so much for subscribing to and downloading the Worship Team Training Podcast, putting us into your device, setting us at the top as one of your favorite playlists. Thank you so much for the support and the love. We invite you also to check back at worshipteentraining.com to look at our workshops that are customizable, private, just for your worship team, mentoring for you as a worship leader on the journey, and our worship team training university. We have members watching right now by video. Thank you so much. Shout out to our charter and first time guests and members. Thank you so much for coming. You can find more at wttu.co on demand training articles, videos, you name it for your worship leading needs and worship ministry. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for being here. So why is it embarrassing. What is embarrassing? I'm going to show you the five ways to stop embarrassing yourself, okay? Now, these are things that have come through the community of worship leaders. I mean, you know, we we know things of what to do, what not to do. Hopefully, we know those things, and they help us stay out of trouble when leading worship. But for others, there may be some misnomers. There may be some things that you're really not thinking about. So I'm just going to share with you some things that I've learned over the years and what I'm still learning today. Members, if you're following us in our Bible study, we're going to be on page 88 of the book, The Journey of a Worshiper. And it's talking about, there's two themes at work, worshiping during the tough times, and then also, you know, how to stop embarrassing yourself. Now, I put these two together because I think that, you know, it is tough to lead worship, and yes, it can be embarrassing. So what better way to infuse these two together? Now, I'm going to be hitting these uh, top five, and you can agree, you can disagree. Hit me up at Brandon at worshipteamtraining.com. Let me know. Number five. Here we go. Number five. Choose songs that people can sing. All right. This should not be new for most of you who lead worship. If you're starting out, I'm working with some young worship leaders right now in our church to help them understand this concept. Now, for years and years, we've talked about how to pick songs that people can sing. What does that mean? Well, if we're picking songs in a key, and and there's a lot of blogs and articles on this. People have said it before, but I think some of the things that you may not read are this. There is an argument for picking songs in a higher key or in the original because it has energy. Absolutely. I totally agree with that because if we pick songs at a lower key, the song can be draggy. The song can be a little bit behind. But here's the problem, though. When you pick that key, can I think the question is this. Most worship leaders can sing it. That's what I'm hoping for. If you're hitting the note and you're starting to cause a break in your voice or uh, you know your voice pulls down and you can't sing that note or you crack, most of all, it's probably, number one, not a great thing to choose that key because that's one way that you'll embarrass yourself. But think about your church. Can your church sing in that key? That's the question. Now, here's what I would recommend. When you're picking songs, pick songs that are maybe about a third below. So that way, maybe even a second. So it's not too high for the congregation to sing, but it's a little bit lower in the grasp for most people to sing as well as the worship leader. At the same time, when you're leading, you can also do – this is what I teach in our workshops that we do across country – 
about how to have your worship leaders and team maybe ad lib at the end of the song because there are some artistic things you can do for those of you who want to sing higher but the recommendation and guide is to be where the people are do songs that they can sing also there's a thing about rhythm when you're picking rhythms um, of the songs that you sing make sure that you're reading the syllables that you're reading how many words Um, in a phrase or how many syllables are in a word so as you sing them at a certain tempo it's not too much in the mouth now the one thing i hear a lot from congregation members is that yes the key is too high or they just say they can't follow the song and what does that mean when somebody says well i can't follow the song it's kind of like in a conversation. If they can't follow you because maybe your words are not clear, you're not speaking with clarity, you're mumbling, or you got something covered over your mouth, I tell our boys all the time, look, when you talk to me, move your hands away from your mouth so I can hear you. So for worship leaders, it's the same way. Um, in a conversation, it's the same way. If people cannot hear you enunciate and speak clearly, you're going to lose them and they can't follow you. So it doesn't mean that they can't follow the guitar player or the drummer and side note that's another awkward thing too they're not following those guys anyway they're following you worship leader so when they can't follow you it has to do with the way you're singing it could be the style that you're singing in i talked about that last week referred to our podcast from uh, a week ago as i addressed those topics as well so choose songs that people can sing i think another thing too is to when you choose songs that people can sing I think it also has to be within the prayer life of the church. What are some of the things that your church members are going through? I know I mentioned this last week, too, of what our guys are going through, and we're praying deeply for them, still praying for them, but that's the whole point. We're praying through song. We're praying about things that matter through the song, as opposed to just picking a song that you hear off the radio, sticking it in the key, laying down a tempo having the band do it, but then you have no connection with the rest of the church. What does that say then about your relationship with others in the room? You have to be cognizant that as you're leading worship, it's not just about the songs that you can sing. It's about the songs that they can sing. Number four, don't make it spontaneous if it's really not from the Holy Spirit. Okay, so this is a big one. This is a lot that's going through blogs right now about how to be spontaneous in worship, how to do this and how to do that. That's great. Um, But if it's really not from the Holy Spirit in regards to our leadership of worship, our leadership, then what are we doing? If the Holy Spirit is absent, think about the story of Moses. In the chapters between uh, 30 through 34 and even throughout, uh, Moses found himself in a place where he did not want to move unless God was with him. He was tasked to lead the people, but yet he did not want to run ahead of God. He didn't want to fall too behind, far behind God either. And that's just like us. But Moses had a stance in saying, God, we will not move unless you move. And I take that very seriously with regard to leading worship. We should not move either unless the Holy Spirit is moving us. So how do you know if it's really spontaneous or if it's really just what you're feeling inside? I think what you need to dissect, first of all, is what are you feeling inside? Is it something that is really worship-driven, or is it you-driven? I know a lot of the times when I'm leading worship, even like yesterday, leading worship, I'm, I'm thinking about 
you know, is, is this connecting with folks? And maybe if I can just push this line here, if I can just sing that note there, maybe that will get, okay, once I start doing those things, I'm making it about what I can do versus what the Holy Spirit is already doing. But if I lay back and think, okay, instead of me trying to insert myself in the song of what I can do, I want to take a step back and ask God, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? God, what are you doing in the room right now? Try that when you lead your next worship service. Just take a note of the moment. Take a note of the moment and just think and pray. Ask God, what are you doing here, Lord? In this room with all these people, what prayers are being prayed? What Even what songs need to be sung? What scriptures need to be read? I think that the right way for spontaneity and worship is what we also call plan spontaneity. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is this. How do you prepare for the Holy Spirit, number one? How do you prepare for what God's going to do in a service? We plan through our own worship before we hit the doors of worship. Spending time with the Lord, reading through Scripture, understanding, listening what God is saying. I did that before we started yesterday's worship, just back at home. I, I get into my uh, little uh, quiet time slash worship chair, whatever. That's kind of funny. Yeah, at the worship leader store, you can buy your own worship chair. But I'm sitting there and I'm reading through scriptures. And I'm just praying. I'm going, God, what are you teaching me, number one? And number two, what are you wanting me to say of what I'm learning? And, and is this what people are going through? And if it's not, direct me and my thoughts of where, where they need to be. And lo and behold, I bring these scriptures to the church. And, you know, I will tell you that yesterday was not probably the best singing of the church. They did sing, and I can hear them. But at certain points that I thought maybe it could have been better, it wasn't. And that's good because what was better were the prayers. And the prayers happened because of the scripture verses that we focused on during service. And it was those scripture verses that people were praying. And that, that lifted up worship. So when you are trying to plan spontaneity or you're thinking you're going to be spontaneous, Start with the Holy Spirit. Start with Scripture. See what He's doing in the room. And then join what God is doing. It's nothing that um, anyone can teach you about how to be spontaneous. Um, I mean, I think that we can teach ourselves to learn to be open to what the Holy Spirit is doing. We can teach ourselves to be, uh, uh, to identify around the room, to be open and to be aware and receptive. Those are great things. But I, I think for us to try to teach, this is how you are to be spontaneous, and then you just go for it and do it. That's not being spontaneous, is it? Okay? And it truly comes from the Lord. Let it be from the Lord. Number three, be purposeful between songs, not accidental. Man, my goodness. This is a huge one. Um, I think accidents happen all the time between songs. Another thing we teach here at the university, I'm telling our students all the time online that you know when you're going through the from exiting one song to the next don't fill it up with uh things that you don't need to say okay i'm going to go to that that, that's that's gonna be coming up i'll speak a little bit more of that um but be purposeful of what you do between songs musically uh this is the other half of it it's learning how to 
be purposeful by practicing your instrument at home before rehearsal. It's learning how to have a good grasp musically on what you're singing and where you're singing and who you're leading in the room. If it's just by accident and just by, well, we're just going to wing it, just go from one song to the next, it will be embarrassing and you will be the front and center person waving your hand or deer in the headlights or you run from the stage or worse, somebody chases you off the stage and you don't want that. So to be purposeful between songs is to communicate with your band and the drummer primarily. They're the ones that set the groove. They're the ones that you're relying on. Your bass drummer, I'm sorry, your bass drummer, that's funny. Your bass player and your drummer working together as a unit. You know, like I, I say to my guys all the time, all right, guys, we're going to end the song here, but I want this groove to happen at this point. I want the strings, the pad to come in here, guitar, you know, and, it, and it's not by chance. It's all worked out first by practicing at home and getting an idea of where I think I want the song to go, but then going, coming to rehearsal and bouncing off the team. Hey, guys, what do you think about? Uh, what do you think about this direction from one song to the next or whatever? Let them work it out, and then you make your plan. Okay, then if it's your idea, um, Chad on bass and Chris on drums, then this needs to happen, and it needs to happen at this moment of the song. It's planned. It's something that's on purpose. I think about um, the illustration of Jeremiah. Um, and this is in our book and on page 88 where it's about worshiping during the, the tough times. We can have a tough time as a band. We can have a tough time going from point A to B. And you need to be careful as to you know, how you're being led and how you're leading your team. So in Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah was tasked to lead the people um, to you know, turn them back to God as they were experiencing um, living in the, uh, the Babylon exile. Then you had this guy named Hananiah that was a prophet, and he wanted his way. He claimed to uh, the people that he had heard from God, but as Hananiah spoke to the people, God gave him no authority. In fact, he just rejected him, and in essence, Hananiah was a liar. I think we need to be extremely careful with how we lead our teams and, and not say things like, well, God told me that we need to hit this chord change. You know, <laughs> Be very careful with things like that. But we also need to be planned. I'd rather be a Jeremiah and listen to God and flow through the changes and help people rather be a Hananiah and say, well, this is the way it needs to be done because that's not going to lead you anywhere. That's not leading by purpose. That is leading by accidental. Number two, if you can't say anything purposeful, there's that word again, that people can identify with in worship, don't say anything at all. Okay, so this is the second half. All right. The first half is what to do between songs, what to play, what not to play. Here is the things that you want to say, what don't want to say. You know, I really believe the leading in between songs is probably the most important time in the leading of worship because you're having to engage the room. You're having to set up the song or let down the other song that you just got through with. But those moments are very intimate. Those moments is actually where we find the spontaneity of God and, and listening to the Holy Spirit, being sensitive to what's happening around the room. As I was saying earlier, take note, notice what's happening. So don't say things like, well, that was great, people, great singing. I mean, I know that a lot of you are shuddering right now when I say that, and you're probably even thinking, yeah, do they really say that, Dempsey? Yes, you'd be surprised. There are a lot of churches that still say those words. The worship leader. Oh, come on. You can sing better than that. Or, hey, on this next one, you're really going to get excited. 
Okay, you're not a DJ. I'm sorry. You're not a DJ. You're not a party, you know, party captain of the worship room. You are a leader of worship of what the Holy Spirit is doing. So, you know, scripture verses. I mean, look, um, 2 Timothy right here, chapter 2, verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who, here it is, correctly handles the word of truth. So don't just read the last line of the song or the first line of the next song and use that as a prayer. Oh, God, we ask that you'd open the gates this morning. Uh, I mean, you could do that, but verbatim by the verse, no. I mean, look, have a scripture verse written out in front of you. I had the, the, one of the other young worship leaders I was just talking about in our church was just telling me, hey, Brennan, I'm writing down my scripture verses. I'm writing down things of what I'm going to say. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Because, you know, he's got a plan. There, He's being diligent to the Word of God. He's, he's writing down scripture verses instead of just trying to wing it. And this kid is in high school. He's, what, 15, I think? Um, so that's just incredible to me that a 15-year-old has got that much tenacity with God's Word and wants to write things down because here's what happens, too. When you write things down, you see it on paper, then the spontaneity can occur there where you're thinking, wow, God, this is written down. But this brings me to my memory of another verse that you said here, and then you turn to that verse. You know, And there's so many things that God can use, but if we walk in not purposeful and we don't have anything good to say, it's worth not saying anything at all. Number one, here's the big, big, big one, and this will just trump anything. Here it goes. Be biblical and be yourself. That's it. To sum up everything, be biblical. Just go by the word of God. I mean, you know, if there's any handbook of leading worship, this is it. It's it's not a, look, you can read from great authors. Absolutely. I'm encouraged by reading, listening to great sermons, studying theology, whatever. Um, also, talking with other worship leaders and being encouraged and being motivated by them. And that's, you know, those are some things that we ought to do. But our one and only handbook comes from the pages of God. It comes from living and breathing what God's Word says and being one with the Holy Spirit, understanding, listening to the very words of God because that's how we know the heart of God. And when we know the heart of God, we begin to share the heart of God and we begin to lead from the heart of God. So fellow worship leaders, teams, members, pastors, I pray that what was spoken today leads you to a very good, encouraging space that you can explore the great riches of God and how he can pour those out within your leading. And this may have prompted questions. And if it did, hit me up, Brandon at worshipteamtraining.com. Get a hold of me. Uh, tell me that I'm you know, not right, that I'm bad. Comment on you know, whatever that I messed up on. Hey, it's all good. We're here to learn together. I hope that uh, this brought you to a new place of taking a different perspective and maybe even paradigm shift of where God is bringing you. Guys, uh, make sure that, that when you go to worshipteentraining.com, sign up for the newsletter. I didn't say that, I didn't say that at the very top of the broadcast, uh, but enter your email address at worshipteentraining.com. Field comes up. 
type it in, and you'll receive a free devotional by yours truly, and you'll get Monday Morning Digest. Every Monday morning, you get in your inbox a friendly letter from me, an update of what's happening, and news. When you become a member of Worship Team Training University, you get more detailed news and content and access to all the content, video, training, stuff that we have for you at the university site. You can easily just go to WTTU.co and find out more. Uh, Members, make sure that you're watching because we have John Egan coming up. John Egan's going to be in the program very, very soon. And also, um, we had... Let's see, man, um, we've been having some great guests the past month, so you want to make sure that you check out uh, Mike Harlan, who was up, and um, also we have Travis DCA coming later on, Uh, so go to wttu.co slash events. Guys, it's a great ride today. Thank you so much for being with us and that we can serve you. Remember, folks, you don't need to be perfect. Just let the Lord Jesus lead you in life and in worship daily. Love you. See you soon. Bye. This has been a Worship Team Training Broadcast and Digital Production with your host and training director, Brandon Dempsey. Worship Team Training provides live workshops and online resources to help inspire, create, and transform the leading of worship. We'll see you again right here on worshipteamtraining.com.